the journey you've been through will only add the richness to whatever the new job you are taking on. Welcome back to part two of this episode of The Wow, where I am joined by Gloria Zhang from Singapore. Uh, Gloria has worked for drinks giant Diageo for over a decade across different roles in quality, product introduction, supply chain. Her background is in communication supply management, and she's taken an important decision in her life to change and pursue her passion in museum studies with the Nanyang Technological University in Singapore. Now, it may seem easy, and actually it is, to embrace different professions and to follow your passions, but it does require some planning and it does require some careful consideration before you do take the jump. And then it's just about doing it and making it happen and to follow your dreams. Let's tune into the conversation. Yeah, so I think for um, planning-wise, um, probably the most important thing is really the, the finance planning as a key part. Um, I think really take the time, for me at the time is really take the time at the total cost that, you know, if I'm taking one year off, how can I, can I afford it? If I cannot, how I can finance myself? It can afford it. Um, so what's the total kind of a cost? That knowing your exposure, <laughs> for um, this year is very important and look at your own finance situation and also your family situation as well and also um, getting the support from your family <laughs> as well. I think um, for me at the time is, I think after 10 years, I have a certain accumulation. I think I can afford to take one year off. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm married, but we don't have a children yet. So there's probably one thing you have to worry less about. Um, Mm -hmm. But if you are in a more sophisticated um, situation, if you have young children or if you have elderly to look after, you probably have to be a bit more cautious in your planning. Um, For me, I was very fortunate um, because my situation is quite straightforward. There's not a lot of financial burden that I need to worry about. It's really kind of knowing how much that's going to take for this whole year and kind of using the time, like six to eight months ahead of time to really plan out um, the things accordingly and uh, getting the support from the families. Um, so mm-hmm. I, was, I was quite blessed in this case um, because sometimes I was thinking to myself, if my situation were a little bit different to say if I had two kids to fit, to feed or if I have an elderly parents to look after, I would probably would not be able to make such a dramatic jump. Yeah. Um, so saying that, um, I think I was still encouraged not to shortchange the dream, right? You probably just have to do it in a different ways. So instead of going full time, maybe do it part time or maybe um, Kind of keep doing the volunteering for some time until the whole situation is a bit more balanced and then make the next move. Um, for me at the time, because I don't have so many considerations and I thought because I don't I didn't have so much considerations, if I need to make the change, I better make it fast and dramatic now. <laughs> right? Because if one day you get hit of any of the changes or circumstances changes, and then you probably have to reevaluate your decisions. Um, 
end of the day, it's a romantic thing to say, oh my God, find what I really want to do. But it's also a very practical thing to actually plan it out, how you actually make the shift. I was fortunate in my circumstance, I can just make the shift. And you see, like just from point A to point B, like 90 mm-hmm. degrees. But for others, you may make a gradual shift over the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby steps take you a baby long steps, way. Baby so. steps, yes, baby steps. And, and uh, yes, don't shortchange your dreams. I think that's what's yeah. good. What do you think about that as the title of our episode? Don't shortchange your dream. <laughs> because, that is so cool. Right? I like that. You'll get the copyright for it fully, of course. But, but it's because... Um, I'm a firm believer in following your passions, in following your dreams, and to follow them in in a thoughtful way. Yeah. In in a, once you mm-hmm. have the intention, um, you will find ways to going around. Yeah. And I think things and the people and the circumstances might turn up in your life to actually help you with that planning. Um, I guess. Sometimes it's it's easy to say, but hard to do that. You will need to have faith and the confidence that things will work out. And I guess I can't really persuade or convince anybody to have that faith and confidence. It's just either yes or no. Um, no. But I hope my story can give some inspiration that it, it is possible. Um, but you will probably have to believe in it and work on it. Yes. And 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 that's also the purpose of um, a little bit showcasing these stories, talking about them, because it's not like, um, you know, a theoretical paper on um, not shortchanging your dreams. <laughs> it's not a, um, you know, the, the Walt Disney story, which, by the way, it's a true story as well. His, his, his incredible... Uh, achievements um, by making his dreams control. I think he said, "If you can dream it, um, it if you can imagine it, it it will happen." Um, so, w- what I'm enjoying about these type of conversations, it's you, talking with common people, common people uh, that I'm sure uh, uh, you know are successful in in their domain, but not necessarily. You know, we're not talking about. You know, we're talking about norm, normal people, normal people, yeah. and, and this happens every day, you know. So uh, to, to, to give that encouragement and that inspiration, um, especially uh, if we consider work as more than just that job, and that's why I keep calling it the world of work, which is more than a, a job that you're paid to do. It's more than... Um, you know, your LinkedIn profile, it is a world out there. So that means it's a set of activities that you put together and that are linked hopefully to your skills, your passions, the things you want to do and that are important for you. And I just strongly believe when people start looking at it as a landscape, as a world, literally, they would start saying, oh, okay, so there's, okay, there's Diageo, then there's probably, uh, I could pivot into the similar industrial industrial sector or I could change industrial sector or you know what I could even go further in my thinking and explore completely different um, alternatives and uh, 
I do think the future is going to be much more about that because, yeah. like, like in your case, okay, that self-discovery, there may be situations where people will be confronted with it, even when they're not prepared for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, doing a work that's meaningful or the world of work you mentioned about, um, Paula, is extremely important for the millennials and the new generations as well. If you look at my parents' generation, they can do mm-hmm. a job for 10 or 20 years. Like, they never, it never occurred to them what they really want to do with their life. They're just happy they've got a job and they can do the same thing for 10, 15, 20 years. But I think now the world has changed so fast. Um, for the new generation, I think when they come out of the universities and enter the world of work, I think most of them were also looking for the meaning of the job they are doing to anchor their life as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be more than just a job. Yeah. It's going to be the world of work. Oh. It's almost like a beautiful tagline to end the episode, but we're not ready yet for that because it's it. But it, but it, it is, it is very true. It is very true, and and also they see their generation of parents who have probably been disillusioned to some extent uh, of of having spent so much time at work and maybe not considering other components of their lives that are equally important. Um, and and, and, and and they probably consider, is it worth it? Is it really something that's worth spending my time? If, if I have a little bit of the financial, again, you know, let's not, uh, we also have to be mindful of that, you know, of the making sure that there's the, the correct support financially and not only and also and, and also emotionally. Um, you know, when you were also talking before, I'm, this is already the second time I'm using my cards. But and they're not they're not planned. But I was I was planning on doing this on my LinkedIn page of occasionally showing cards. <laughs> so now I've decided to do it on podcasts if I find things that kind of resonate. And there is one that you were mentioning that I think is important. Assuming I find it. Um, Oh, those are beautiful cards. Well, not really. They're not meant to be. Those library cards. Yes. In school, I used to have these index cards. They were so helpful. Sorry, that's not for the young millennials here. (laughs) You guys are probably just using your your fingers on a screen. But Aristotle, this is what I dedicate to you. Um, Yeah. Excellence is never an accident. Excellence is never an accident. It is always the result of high intention. You talked about intention. It is always a result of sincere effort and intelligent execution. And it represents the wise choice of many alternatives. And he ends it by saying, Choice, not chance, determines your destiny. That's beautiful. And and you mentioned it before. You were saying I had to make I felt I had to make that choice. And you were ready to make that choice. And and you were mentioning the intent as well that maybe 
it may not be the right moment for certain people to make that jump, or they may find alternative solutions in the meantime, maybe parallel solutions. But if the intention is there, and I do think this other component we didn't talk about, but the sincere effort is also it's also helping in creating excellence, mm. isn't it? I mean, what yeah. do you feel you had to let go of, uh, let's say, to make, to pivot or to, to follow this, n- not to shortchange your dreams? What, what did you have to sacrifice? Sacrifice? Um, I think to me it's more about how I made the transition as moving from like a profit-oriented organization to a non-profit world, and now in the school, also non-profit, but academic world. There's a lot of things that are different that I need to unlearn, okay? Um, I still remember the first couple of weeks when I first back to the university, and you tend to look at everything with a corporate lens. Corporate lens in my own language is how do I maximize the output, right? From the supply chain professional will be saying that. But then when you apply that lens, like everything you saw on, in the school, like it didn't make sense, right? Why do you do that? Such a waste of time. Oh, why would you do that? And then I start to realize that I need to unlearn and put down some of the things I know and really keep an open mind and the flexibility to the new world. It is easy to say, you know, put yourself in somebody else's, um, someone else's shoe so you can see their perspective. Um, it took me time to actually put down my corporate lines to unlearn a lot of things so that I can have an open mind and really absorb what is new coming my way and not overlooking certain things because of my previous biases or assumptions from the corporate world. And in that way that I'm able to learn the new things from the new world. And then sometimes when you reconnect back to you know in the corporate world, you kind of relearn the things holistically and you're like, oh, okay, these and these are kind of making sense together. They do have some commonality here. These are different drives and such. And, and then I'll be able to like appreciate a lot better um, the new world. Um, so to me, it's more about how mm-hmm. you transition yourself into the new chapter, which to me in this case is quite different, um, quite different. Um, but saying that, I think there's also a lot of transferable skills me as who I am, that that can still shine through and still be used frequently in the new world. But at a face value, they look very different and it's it takes time to make that transition. I keep nodding and at every word you said, that is exactly what I went through going back to university as well two years ago. I It's an... an and to those who really want to embrace a new world, there there are new, it's a different, you, you, you need to be open to embrace a different mindset. I would go in classes 
exactly with the same <laughs> um, view as you were just mentioning, as if it were a meeting type of thing. It's like, okay, so what's the outcome here? It's like, all right, so an hour went by. <laughs> what's the takeaway of this class after an hour totally, on aesthetics, totally. for example? The aesthetics of museums or the space. Um, and you know what? I have to fast forward. It took me a good year. Actually, when I did my paper uh, in, in curatorship, it was on posthumanism and how it was translated in contemporary art. Posthumanism is what's informing me now in the critical theory on this world of work, believe it or not. I.e., the, the allowing myself to kind of say, wait, wait, chill. It's not about you know, the bottom line here. It's not about less is more. It's not about bullet points. And I also, I don't know if this happened to you, uh, Gloria, but it's this sense of the loss of language, the richness of language. Um, you, you, you become very fluent in a business language, which has its own uh, glossary, if you will, which is more and more limited. Because now it's it's really like, be be crisp and to the point and everybody using the same words and I've discovered the wealth of language again and how certain words are really really important on how they're being used so I, I completely resonate about I've had to really sit on my hands often because and, and by the way I've, I've also had to learn to readapt to the younger people you know, because I think I was the oldest one there. I was like, oops. <laughs> but I still feel very young at heart. But they would look at me. One of them, I still remember, said, um, how old are you? <laughs> I was like, is that important? <laughs> but anyway, thank you for sharing that. That's, that's uh, <laughs> so true, so true. Yeah. And something very interesting you mentioned, Paula, like, you know the choices you make along the way, and uh, somehow they all add up together one day when you look back. Um, because if you look at my experience on the paper, right? Okay, she did journalism communications. Mm -hmm. She did supply mm -hmm. chain. Now she's doing museum studies. All seem very irrelevant. Um, but I think there are certain kinds of things that has not been changed and I probably only realizing now when I put all these fragmental pieces together like when I was doing journalism I love speaking to people I love interviewing people I love hearing people's story and writing their story and when I was doing um, supply chain I, I love collaborating with people I love doing projects I've been in the new product, new product induction that role is probably the longest time across my 10-year period there. I think one thing I really enjoy about that is a collaboration with different people and to bring something live. And now in my new field, I still find the relevance like about heritage, about art, is it's also about narratives, it's also about telling stories, and it's also about connecting with people across and it's very interesting like those things that may not come up to you right at the beginning or you're not aware they're there 
But then when you look back, it kind of it's a like overall theme on the transferable skills that the skills you love using. Like the interesting part always return back to return back to. I think in my transition time back to the uni, because. It is a lot of bump, a clash, as you just described, and also made me reflect and to be able to spot those little things which I was not able to spot previously because you just take it for granted.、Um, but now, when I look back, you're like, okay, although they look very different on the top, but there's underlying current that's actually consistent. It's not. Me has changed a totally、mm-hmm. different person. No, I'm still I who I am. It's probably more self discovery. Back to、mm-hmm. self discovery of who I am, really are, and probably bring the part of you that you're too shy or too afraid to put in front of others previously. I don't know,、um, mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting kind of a.、Um, Thinking back through and how these doors actually can be connected with each other. Yes, you talk. Yes, the the doors, the 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 doors are part of a big house, I guess, and you're exploring. But it's still that same space, or like the different chapters of a book.、Um, but you still have the opportunity of writing them, and it's true. All it takes sometimes is, you know, the courage to turn that page and say it's time to start writing something else. But then you. Collect all of these experiences together, and you say, "Ah, so this was me." You know,、It's、looking kind back, kind of a realization <laughs> like that. I think the time when you retire, you can probably collect a huge book to say, "So this is about me, and this is about、yes. my life." Yes, and about my life, and 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 again, sorry to also share my 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 experience. I was.、Uh, Once it was an opportunity for a, a fairly significant role,、um, which which I backed backed out from、uh, the 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 process, and and when I was asked, you know, why why not hang in there and why not、uh, pursue it, and I was like, because you know I don't see my LinkedIn profile on my tombstone, quite frankly. It's not about who I am as a, a professional, and and my life is is I want to spend it doing the things that have value for me, and and you know I've been talking about this for a while. Like time is is plays a, a big big component at a certain stage in your life, where you know the clock is ticking, and you say, is this still something that I want to do? And I still, you know, and 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 so. Yeah, even retirement. I don't even conceive of that, simply because you don't retire from life. And so,、mm-hmm. for those who, 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 yeah, want to contribute and still want to take part of the community that we're in, you don't retire, right? And, and there's there's not a moment where you say, end of. And I think really this concept of employment needs to be redefined, completely, even in in even in companies. And this concept of doors, even in companies having more rotating doors than what they have today, less about you know retention and keeping that ownership of the talent, and more saying, oh, you know what, Gloria, experience, 
come back when you want, the doors are open, or bring back your different knowledge from that other world that you've seen and maybe support us on these other projects. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that the future is much more fluid from that perspective than, than what it was even like five to ten years ago. Yeah, definitely. And I think your choices are always evolving, right? So what is right for you now might have changed a few years later or your life circumstances has changed. You have a different priority or focus to put on. But that's okay. That's okay, you know. To me, at least you, like you're out and you tried it and you say, oh, if it doesn't work, then okay, I'll try a different path. I mean, yeah. That's okay because nothing's really wasted. Um, the journey you've been through will only add the richness to whatever the new job you are taking on. And you don't need a perfect LinkedIn profile. You don't need to see, you know, no. <gasps> super perfect that um, sometimes it those like distractions or side routes that actually probably make a difference to your mm-hmm. life. So... I would say if you have in the opportunity, just try it, right? Um, otherwise, what's the point of just talking and talking and never able to do it? That's right. I guess that's the message. Do it. Test it. Nothing can go wrong except you learn. And that's, that's by definition, a fantastic uh place to be and speaking of LinkedIn here's a call out not here's first of all compliment to you and a call out to whoever may be listening your profile on LinkedIn I have to say kudos to you uh as an H and I put my HR hat on (laughs) the the way the way you have um developed it curated it there we go, I think is, is also the right word, is really fantastic because I, I feel that just by reading your profile, and again, I recommend everybody to, to look you up, I almost know who you are. Like, not fully, of course, but the public part of you that you want to show, your persona, right, that you want to uh, show on, on LinkedIn. And, and, and it is fantastic, and you have this amazing balance between the results so what you've achieved but in 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 a very personable way it is not uh, it's not like reading i don't know an annual report of gloria zhang incorporated um, some some linkedin profiles are like that you know i achieved this i achieved that you know, bullet points you, you you put such a lovely narrative and story to it so so really Speaking of LinkedIn, I think you are a great example, even for me, to redo my LinkedIn profile and add a little bit of add a little bit of narrative that that um, that puts life to the story. Uh, so, really, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the compliment. It means a lot for somebody <laughs> like you to compliment my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> Yeah, I, I usually don't, I must say. So so for, for me to do that, I, it's because I really found it spot on. And exactly because some people say, you know, my LinkedIn does not match the algorithm search mechanisms for, for jobs. And I think we also need to shift a bit the algorithms here. But the way you're writing it is really helping 
connect, it's, it's helping in the story. And that's so important. So when people do pivot careers, uh, your storyline is really, really important because it's what people are going to say, oh, Gloria, that is so amazing and so interesting. And and it opens up saying, okay, uh, uh, we're interested in your skills and your passion as opposed to only necessarily your what you were before as a as a supply chain or whatever else professional. So I just thought I I, uh, I wanted to say that. Thank you so much for sharing the feedback. I feel the the same. Um, I kind of put a bit the story and narrative in experience and together with the result because I remember there was a day I was just trying to update my LinkedIn profile as a professional mm-hmm. you do it once in a while just make sure they are up to date and I was bored a little bit you know just uh, writing kind of a CV style achievement etc etc okay. and I was thinking to myself to say hey you know whatever just have a little bit of fun how about tell a little bit the story about um, myself tell people a bit more how I feel in that role and what I have achieved what why I've been moving from one part to the other part. So yeah, that was my experimental ground. I was like, okay, just just try it. Fantastic. I mean, if you're gonna see my CV, you're still gonna see dun 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 dun. But I thought mm, LinkedIn, maybe it's a place I can play around a little yes. bit. Um and yeah. then what's the worst can happen? People don't like oh fine. Oh no, uh, as as I said, it it was a pleasure to read. It was a pleasure to read. I, I almost thought, oh, I'm not even going to have the podcast. I know Gloria <laughs> already with a link to, no need to, no need to have a chat, but I'm, I'm, I'm super glad that, that we did. And now we're, we're close to, well, I think we're close to, to, to wrapping it up. I had asked you, yes, like, um, your favorite motto, right? Let's try, which, which I think, uh, you've, you've definitely showed, that motto come to life of just saying go for it and and jump on it and your worst nightmare is being trapped on a stormy island is that because that happened to you (laughs) it kind of happened there was like a couple of years ago we went to a pp island um in thailand actually at the beginning of a raining season we took a gamble i would say okay gonna make we're gonna make it work and uh it was a beautiful island, um, but it rained so heavily. It was raining, it was stormy, and on the way back, the water was choppy. And uh, for one moment, I thought it was going to happen to the boat. And uh, we spent like a whole week there, um, but it's just kept raining all the time. And it's like high winds, storm, and... Every day when you have a five minutes, the sun is out, you quickly run into the beach to still <laughs> enjoy it. And then again, you are wet. And uh, the journey back was a little bit terrifying. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully that's not going to happen again. So we learned our lesson, never go to an island in the rainy season again. Um, there you go. Sound yeah. advice. Oh, we love to go back on a dry season. <clears throat> on the right, on the right season. Choose your on seasons. The right season. <laughs> There's yeah. a timing for everything, and your greatest hope. I'll let you say it. To inspire people not to shortchange your dreams. That's 
Wonderful. And I'm sure this chat has been very inspirational. And, you, you know, part of the wow tradition as well is to kind of ask you what's wowing you at the moment. What's, you know, what's giving you that sense of spark and energy and wow? Um, I would say the world of a contemporary art. Ha! <laughs> huh, surprise. <laughs> surprise. Um, honestly, contemporary art has been alien and foreign to me for some time before I took on the course because I never felt I truly understand and I truly know what I am looking at. Um, so there was a blog uh, from Singapore Art Museum called when two seniors met art. And in that blog, the two seniors described how they felt when they first looked at contemporary art, which is exactly the same way how I felt. Like, I don't understand what they're trying to tell and I'm not so sure what I'm looking at. Um, however, through the past few months, through my program with NTU, through a lot of conversations with the curators, artists, and a bit of research myself and going out to see the artworks. And of course, um, a recent adult experience at a local annual art fair that really made me started to appreciate and be amazed of how contemporary art could reflect on current issues, our everyday realities, and also challenge the traditional boundaries and ideas how how art is defined is so many interesting dialogues and narratives behind it. I think I just start get into it. There are so many options and choices out there. I'm still a newbie in that world, but I'm so happy that I start to see how I can learn and appreciate a little bit more. And the more I learned it, the more I'm wowed by it. Um, so, yeah, this is my wilding moment now. Fantastic. Fantastic. I, I think we're going to have more podcasts on the role of contemporary art uh, oh in, in today's society, which I think is completely underestimated, but so important and significant. Thank you so much, Gloria, for, for joining. You're very welcome. Uh, again, thank you so much for thinking of me. And I'm very happy to share my stories with everyone here. And it's great just to meet you. Okay, not in person, <laughs> but on Zoom in person. That's such a great experience. Thanks again. Have a great day. Okay.